0: Rabbi, sir, a good erev Shabbos kaddish. Erev Shabbos kaddish, parshas mishpatim. Erev Shabbos kaddish, parshas shkalim. Erev Shabbos kaddish, rosh kaddish other. And we have Baruch Hashem a Shabbos rosh as well. What a wonderful, wonderful way to start the new month. Mishenichnas other, marvin besimcha. To be able to have the opportunity. To have a Shabbos and a Cholish together in a Parshas Shkolem, to be able to take out three Sifrei Torah on Shabbos—one the Parshas of Shavua, one the Parshas of the Cholish, and one the Parshas of Shkolem—and it's a chut ha'mashulish b'meirul When you have a three-tied string, it's very, very difficult to break. We hope and we pray that this should give us all chizuk as we enter into this month. As we mentioned last night in the Zoom shmos, there's no question that a year ago, if someone would have asked us, what is Purim going to look like a year ago? On Rosh Chodesh, we would have explained the way it's always been with lots of people and with shalom and everything else and all the mitzvahs, At the time we didn't realize, most people didn't realize how the virus was going to take over the world. But this year, when it comes to Rosh Chodesh, there's no question in our mind, that we recognize that this year's Purim is going to be a different type of Purim, but no matter what, we have to remember to be b'simcha and to try to be marva b'simcha. As I mentioned, I just want to reiterate it, that maybe until now, we've looked upon simcha as being the outward emotions of simcha, and we didn't necessarily understand how simcha is really an inner feeling a Simcha Pneumius, a Simcha which is a connection between between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the concept of Shlemus. So that's an aspect as far as the Simcha is concerned. And now we turn to the real Simcha, which is the of Shavua, and to mention a few Varts, some of them are famous, but we'd like to share with them, share with with them with you, and hopefully we will all draw inspiration from them. So I happen to be that I'm sending out this particular share a little bit later because I got a phone call this morning um, and I was told that I have a dentist appointment, uh, a, an opportunity to go to the dentist. And I went to the dentist, who happened to be my wonderful Talmud, Dr. Avi Blumenthal, who lives in Kiryat And he's not only a Talmud, not only a doctor, but also a Talmud Chacham. And uh, I think it's important that uh, I told him over a vort, <laughs> in between as he was doing my teeth. Uh, and I said, over, it's very, very apropos, because this week's partnership speaks about the union of the Eved Kenani that is let out Besham V'ayan. So we mentioned over that the Pusik says that uh, if a person hits his Eved, uh, his, his Evid Kenani, and he knocks out an eye or a tooth, right, so then the Halacha is that Eved is Yotzer B'She'en G'ayin, as the Patsik says, V'chiyaki ein ein of his Amma Yivriah, V'shi chasa le'chof he goes out free. Rashi HaKadosh brings down that truthfully, it doesn't only apply to the eye and to the tooth, but it applies to all Rashi HaVaram, all Chof Dawud Rashi HaVaram, and he gives a whole list of what are the major limbs in a person's body, and any chabal of any of those items would release an evid evet kanani into freedom. So why does it speak about shame, the ayin? makes that if it only would have said ayin, I would have said that ayin is something that grows with a person, it's born with a person, it grew in, it was there from the time he was created, but a, but a shame, which only comes in later in life, perhaps, over there, it's not considered an integral part of a person's, a person's body. And if it only would have said shame, I would have said, oh, then I would have included even a child's shane, even a child's tooth, what's called a shane tinok, which has the ability to reproduce. Therefore, we say ayin, no, and the type of shane which is similar to the ayin, which means it's a, the, the tooth which is going to last for a long time. And over here, I mentioned to uh, Dr. Blumenthal that I saw that the Vilna Gain says, they say over from the Vilna Gain, that why is it that the Torah says that if an Evid Kanani's Shein and Ayin are hit, that that is a, the release of his bondage? So he says it all goes back to the original Kanan, Cham, who was called, considered an Evid Kanan because he was cursed by Noyach. We know the story when Noyach. Uh, drank and he was sleeping and he wasn't covered so Chum came along. Vayar Khum Es Avi Kenan Vayar es Avi Kenan saw his father in his in his state, Vayagate and he went and told his brothers shame the office. And they are the ones that went and covered him. But when, 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 when Noich got up, there's a whole discussion exactly what happened with Chum at that time. We'll just leave it for right now. And he cursed him and he said that his people are going to be slaves. So since the original kilkel took place with two of these Ivarim, it was vayar Chum. He saw it with his eyes. Vayagev And he spoke it with his lips, with his tongue, with his teeth. Because the teeth are the things which help a person to enunciate. So therefore, the tikkun is, the is that if the evid gets yusurim, and the halacha is that yusurim or Mamaric. and this is an amazing thing we learn out from over here that that if a person um, takes one one aver, we see that a person is yotze, and the, the halacha is that the rebbeinu has rachmanus. He says, really, I might have I might have I might have obligated to have both the Shain and the iron to be removed in order to go to freedom. But we see that now, since it causes yusurim, it causes suffering. So therefore, that's a tikkun for the chet of cham, and therefore he's released from his captivity. Now the truth is, we can learn that from here, a tremendous lesson. First of all, we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has Rachmanus, when even an Eved has yusurim, because yusurim is a, is a mamarik, and this is really a kavah that if a person has Yisurim in his entire body, how much of a kapurah it is for a person. And this maybe is a lesson which we could apply to today, to the world that we're living in. And we see that there's so much Yisurim that's going around. And amongst our own people, Klal Yisrael, amongst the entire world, But we look at Klal Yisrael as being closest to us. We see how many people have been lost from Klal Yisrael. And there's no question, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is watching over. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just like in the Shein va'Ayin, if there's a certain amount of Yisru, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, lets the heaven go free. There's no question that there's a certain a level of Yisru that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings into the world. But in the end of the day, it's in order to bring us out to freedom. In order to bring us out, LaChavshi, And we hope and we pray that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should have of Mishpatim, we know, famous words of and Rashi points out what's the extra vav, it should have just said says the vav comes to connect that the laws which the Torah is describing in this week's parashat which really deal with laws of man and fellow man of damages laws which you would find really in any law book in any, in any law school in any court system but if the Torah tells us a very fascinating thing that just like the Rishonim last week's parasha were Missinai, this week's parasha, the laws of Dini and the Fashas are also Missinai. And that's the reason why we connected that the Dayanam have to be next to the Mizbeach, because just like last week's parasha was next to the Migdash, last week's parasha was about the Mizbeach, so this week's parasha speaks about the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin should also be next to the Beis HaMikdash, which teaches a lesson that the laws of Sanhedrin really are the holiest of holy, and they are connected to the to the, to the, to the Mizbeach, they're connected to the Beis HaMikdash. The main thing we learn after over here is is that the laws that we keep are laws that are also transmitted to us from HaKadosh Baruch And we shouldn't think that these laws are just mundane laws like any other law system. And that's the reason why Rashi brings on later on that you're not supposed to go through the court system, the regular secular court system. And the reason is because the regular court system is all man laws, and man laws are something which can change with the whims of time, while God's laws are something which have divinity in it, they have a divine uh, halacha, and that's what we look for. And a yid has to know that a person that we live, according to the dictates of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, and uh, the shayfit that comes along is a shayfit, which he receives his, his, um, his powers, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as it, it, it says, it, we call the Dayan Elohim. It's an amazing, amazing thing. I once heard over that Rav Moshe Feinstein, he, he, he had a difficult and He said that he has to fast the whole day because he has to pask in that shila. Fasting a whole day didn't take it as an easy thing in order to pass in a shila. So what do we see from over here? And... Um, we see from over here that the Torah takes into accountance everything that a person does. And we find that in the parasha. The parasha says that if a Ganev comes along, so if he steals and he sells a shore, then he has to pay five times the amount. But if he only steals a seh, only steals a lamb, then he only pays four times the amount. It's called dalad vehay And Rashi HaKadosh points out what's the reason. The reason is because when a person steals a shore, there's no embarrassment walking the shore in the street. But to say, you have to carry on your, on your back, on your shoulders. So since he's Mavaza himself, since he degraded himself, so has he says, you know what, I'm not going to charge you five times, you're only going to have to pay four times. Reb Yitzchak Blazer, the great, great Bal Musa said, we see from over here, that there's a difference how HaKodesh looks at each person's situation. The looks at a Yid. Is he embarrassed or is not embarrassed? And in the same fashion, if a person pass, does an Avera, and he groans, he says, Ay, I did an Avera. So in the Bez Neshoma, it's written down that the person did an Avera with a, with a moaning and a groaning and he had pain and he suffered from it. He didn't just do it with relish. And there's a difference between a person that does it with relish or a person that does it with a feeling of remorse. And this teaches us a lesson that when a person has remorse, when a person has um, uh, wants to be attacking himself and feels bad for what he did, that in itself is the beginning of tshuva. And this helps us to understand why if a person steals a lamb, because says, I'm going to be more uh, merciful upon him. I did see, see brought down from Rav Shach that Rav Shach takes a little bit of a different tact to a certain extent. He just says, well, why when a person is embarrassed do we only knock off a set's worth one value, like wh- where does that come from? Why dafka one value? so if Jacques says, well, this person in the end of the day he still was a ganev, so what does that mean? He was willing to steal, and he was he was willing to allow embarrassment to be embarrassed, so that means he didn't the embarrassment wasn't the full embarrassment, so it means there's a measure he was willing to be embarrassed, but he didn't have him full embarrassed. so how much is considered the the the, the shavius of embarrassment which is a, uh, which we take into connotation when HaKadosh Baruch Hu judges us, so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, oh, he, st- he stole a set so we'll take away one says value. But for sure he's got to pay four says value because in the end of the day, he still went against the laws of the Torah and he stole someone else's property. Now, basically, All of this gives us a lesson that the Torah itself is a matanah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we have Parsha Shkolem this Shabbos. Parashash Shkolem, Parashash is Kisisa, and over there teaches us the famous words, V'nasnu ish koifer nafshot. Each person should give a koifer nafesh, which is a machtas a shekel, half of a shekel. They bring down from the Vilna Goyim, the Goyim says that the trop, V'nasnu ish koifer nafshot, is kadma va'azla. Kadma va'azla. So he explains, based upon the Gemarion by messiah that Rebchia told his wife, that when aniam come to the house, you should go out in order to give them food. You should be yaytzeh in order to give them the food in order that your children should not have to also, if they will need food, someone will take care of them as well. Why? Because the Pasuk says, v'nasnu, Vinasnu and v'nasnu we know is read backwards and forwards the same thing. When a person gives, it comes back to him. And the, the wife of Rebbechir said, are you trying to curse that our children are going to need to, to, to take tzedakah? So Rebbechir said, no, it's a Galgala Every person, there are time periods when you have to come on to somebody else. That's the way it is. So sometimes we're going to be the ones that are going to give it and sometimes other people are going to give to us. And a person should know. Kadma va'azla. Go out and give tzedakah first in order that it should be a bracha. And this is the venasnu. Rabbi we're holding now, we're in a world where there's so many people that are having difficulties with Parnassah. There's so many Yusayim and Almadas, it's, and it's very, very difficult. I know myself, we're, we're drowning in it. We try our best to give whatever we can and whatever support we can give, not only for the poor, but for the, the, the yeshivas and the karimim, everyone that's going through difficulties and the people that need Parnassah, everyone, Vinasnu. Because in the end of the day, it's kadma Azla. It returns to a yitnu. Another remez in the machzashekl, a zei yitnu kol oiva shekel. And again, the Vilna gain's famous word, the word machzis has the letters mem in the beginning and tof at the end. And has tzadik and ches and yud in between. And the Vilna gain says that tzadoka tatzem When a person gives tzadoka it separates mothers, therefore the Mem and the Taf, which is mace, they're separated. And it's Mekarev, life. That's why the Ches and the yud are right next to the Tzadik. When a person gives Tzedakah, he's bringing himself closer to Chayim and he's removing himself from Yisroh. And this is what Shlomo Melch says, Eitz Chayim Hi, Chazikim It's a tree of life to the people that support. Let's speaking about the supporting of Torah, as we said, to support the people that learn the Torah, that keep the Torah, and that will bring us closer to the real Chaim. Rabbi Zayi, we mentioned Rosh Chodesh, and I went out today and I bought a special, delicious piece of meat in order to have, as it's brought down in the Brew that a person should have a Rosh that that falls out on Shabbos, a person should add on to his Suda, and we know we're doing it not just in order to have a delicious food for ourselves, but in order to be Marba, in Simcha, we should give a bracha to all of us. This week uh, and these days have been difficult days. A great year passed away. I just want to mention one thing about Rev Sheftel Nubiger, the Menai of Yeshiva Sner Yisrael in Baltimore, who was a giant, a person who really gave his entire life for Torah and for the Yeshiva. And he was a wonderful, wonderful person, a tremendous Baltfila, tremendous Tamad Chacham. And just mentioned one little story that I heard from Rev Hapfer during the Espadim that two years ago he came to the Yekesha community in Baltimore for a bar mitzvah. He had then, he had pantry, had a cancer, if I'm not mistaken, gone through treatment. This was before the corona. And he, because he was known to be a tremendous Tefillah, they asked him to daven for the Amid. And he accepted, he davened for the Amid. In the middle of davening, he fainted. Either he's dehydrated or from the treatment he was having, they pulled him over to the side, they revived him. And they had someone that was going to take over the rest of the davening. But Rav Sheftel said, no, he's planning on continuing. He came to be Ma'or the Olam. And that was his entire life force was to help and to be Ma'or the Olam. I know myself as a child hearing his Shoshanis Yaakov at Purim, hearing his davening and Yom Neroim. His booming, booming voice was an amazing, amazing uh, feat. That's all I can say. And he got up and he continued the davening. And as Rav Hafer said, the lesson was the show must go on, the show must go on in a ruchniyistic way. And this is a message, even though Rav Sheftel was taken away from us, but the show will go on. No matter the fact that we have lost so many people, we have to recognize that Kodesh is watching over us, he's listening to our tefillahs. The show will go on. We look forward as Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu should take this month in Veda, be bimahapichet from and the Simcha that this month and the upcoming month of Nissan should be a zmanim of gula. Should to the coming of Meshivt. Kainu here. Amenu. Amen. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos and a wonderful Rosh Chodesh. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.